Hey everyone, I've been hearing from some people that they want to hear, you know, one of my first episodes. And uh, my first episode here is going to be about me turning 36 and how grateful I am and how thankful I am that uh, I have the family, I have the support system, not just from your blood, but uh, from outside people. I have met throughout my years living, but I'm going to go over a little bit of history with you just to show you that, you know, you could become more, you could do better. And, uh, it's a daily progress thing with self, self improvements and how you cure yourself and the character of yourself. So with that, you know, I'm going to start there. So, I was born um, in a town right side out of right out of Pittsburgh. It was called McKeesport, Pennsylvania. One five one three two is the area code. Um, I, I remember so many things that was vivid in my life, but the things that stood out was the first eleven years of my life. My mom was on drugs, heavy. That put a stop in a whole bunch of things that I felt I should have been a kid. I should have been able to enjoy a lot of things that, you know, normal kids I thought would enjoy. You know, not having a father also played a big role in this as well. So when I look back and, uh, and, and I look at things and for the first 11 years, right, I didn't have that person teaching me how to ride my bike. I didn't have that person always able to take me to games because being an addict, that's all she was worried about. She wasn't worried about me. She wasn't focused on the things that I needed. She, she provided food. She provided a home. But other than that, there wasn't much there. My father being absent, there wasn't much there. So I had to grow up kind of fast, I would say. You know, too fast sometimes. I didn't get in, I, I didn't get to enjoy that childhood. You know, I kind of compared to a little bit of Michael Jackson, even though I wasn't a singer or nothing. Very talented uh, with my voice, but I was very talented and gifted with um, football, basketball, baseball. Very good at it. Very passionate about it. That's what kept me grounded to make it until I'm 36 today. That's one of the reasons. But to go back on uh, the things I was just saying about my mom, uh, one of the biggest things that I I remember, you know how you remember them six-disc CD changers? And you listening to maybe Tevin Campbell, um, some DMX, um, some Biggie, some Tupac. And you're able to switch it out, switch it in and out the CD, you know what I mean? And it felt good. My mom straight up lied to me and told me, you know, it broke. Or I had to get it fixed. Then I didn't see it for six months. Then I started to understand that why is uh why is she lying? You know, when you're a kid, you don't know much about the addiction process and how it works, right? So you start growing up in that environment. Then as you as you mature a little bit, you know, you start to understand that uh, your uncles that's supposed to be leaders. It's supposed to be men, you know, they're stuck in their environment. And that environment is selling drugs, becoming uh, becoming uh, an important person of, of that nature. And just understanding that, you know, that's how they have to survive, to eat, to clothe themselves, to, to put a roof over their heads, food on the table. That type of life, you know what I mean? But not understanding that there's consequences, you know, to that. So 
when you when you really break it down and really start to understand, you know, how you made it to 36 and how things really are and how things transpire throughout your life, you just want to thank God or thank whoever you feel made it possible. Because honestly, I don't feel like I was supposed to live past 26, you know what I mean? So, you know, so my environment where I grew up didn't predict or had the productivity it thought it was going to have on my life. So, you know, being that drug dealer, being that gangbanger, shooting somebody in and up in prison or getting killed at an early age, that was what was in store for me. You know, the, the odds were stacked up. The book was already laid out. The path was there. It told me, great, you ready to become this? Unfortunately, for myself and others uh, that depended on me moving forward, it was a blessing. Um, I felt my, I found my own destiny. I found growth within, within myself, structure within myself, a better person each and every day within myself. So, that's how I made it to this age we call 36, which I feel is like a middle grace period, you know, because you partially between 70, got a, got about 15 years to 50, 14 years before 50. So, you know, when you start to looking at it, that's how you feel. You know, things change, things don't change. So, take a little breather. Now, I'm looking at where I am and how I got there from when I graduated. Because that's the, that's the part that matters. That's the part that counts. That's the part that, you know, most people don't want to tell. Yeah, you go through the rough stuff. But there is a grace period. There is a moment of clarity. There is a moment that your visions and your dreams do come past. So with that, let me start. So I graduated high school. I, uh, I'm looking at it like, oh man, you know, how hard can it be to go out on your own? I go to college, but right before college, I had to experience something. And in this experience that I experienced, um, it taught me a couple things. So, First, you know, I wasn't selling drugs, but man, I was shuffling my uncles around, you know, and they was pushing it, right? And I'm thinking I'm the man because I'm driving different cars every week to their location. And I just feel like, man, they giving me decent money to live, decent money to eat, you know, not at home. I'm just doing me, right? I'm just living, living freely. Mom can't really tell me nothing. I'm 18. You know, that's where it all started, you know. I finally go to college. Man, bought my car. Thinking I'm the man, you know what I mean? Getting bitches was all part of the plan. That's it. Didn't know in college you had to go to class. Didn't know in college, you know, there was structure. There was a plan. But that wasn't my plan. All my plan was is let me travel to different colleges. Let me, let me fuck as many bitches as I possibly can. Let me do what I possibly can to have fun and enjoy being an adult. That's what I thought being an adult was because even at an earlier age, that's what I saw my mom doing, partying, you know, always having people over the house, always sneaking people in and sneaking people out and shit. I really understand, it, you know what I mean? So jump back to that, you know what I mean? Flunked out of that after two semesters. Then one ahead and uh, met my ex-wife at that point in time. And that got, you know, to be real quick because hot and heavy had a baby. You know what I'm saying? So they didn't really want to grow up to be a grown-up and take care and have the responsibilities of creating that child and, and everything that goes with it. You know, diapers, uh, wives, the, the appointments, the caring for somebody else's needs, you know. I recall there was a moment in that period at the beginning that 
I chose some Michael Jordans first over my child against some Pampers. Of course, I figured it out, but that was a realization and a wake-up call for me. That was when I knew that it was no longer about me. It was about him, my junior, you know what I mean? So that's when I started becoming more responsible, getting on a work schedule, you know, trying to Walmart when they first came out, trying to be productive, you know, not knowing where my life was going to take me or lead, right? Because at that time, I was still young, wanted to be here, there, and everywhere with, with, with me trying to rule the world and me trying to figure it out, right? So that's what I'm thinking. I'm just taking it in as, as it comes. And, but it taught me to grind, and it taught me to be more responsible. So my first son did it. So then we going along in life, um, you know, not even a year later, 11 months later, and then my son, my other son comes, my, my baby boy, my mini, that's what I call him. Uh, he come. And what happened then was, I was like, oh, man, I really got to get on my ground. I don't want to be the dude that didn't show up for the baseball games. I didn't want the dude that didn't show up for the football uh, team meetings. I didn't want to be the dude that never had anything to show up for or not show up at all. I wanted to be dad, the responsible father, the caring guy, the kind, the kind dad, to show him um, real love, to show him uh, how tough love is, you know, show him how to become a man, a productive man at that, right? So, you know, we, we going on through life. I, I finally got married, which turns out 11 years later I shouldn't have, but I did because I was in church heavy trying to figure it out, you know, that's what you do as an adult. And you get on your grind, right? And, and you grind, and you grind, and you grind. And um, at that time, man, I would start school, uh, their mom working, and we grinding together. You know, a couple years later, we bought our first house. Um, so we grinding, we, we got better cars, better everything, you know what I mean? We're still working paycheck to paycheck, but we grinding. We're trying to figure life out together. Uh ups and downs and all arounds through from between a relationship. Right? But that's not the focus point. The focus point is the grind of portion, being productive. Understanding that you have to do things that you don't want to do, right? Because that's what life is about, right? You know, understanding uh, the measurements that you have to amount up to for you to be great, not only for you, but for your kids. Um and that's, and that's the purpose of that portion of this is the grandma, the, you know, because I was still, in a sense, t- I was taking them to games. I was the coaches for everything, baseball, softball, uh, basketball, uh, football, everything, soccer, tennis, whatever they could play, I took them to, you know what I'm saying? So we we were on a roll. Everything was moving. You know what I mean? Going good. da 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 uh, a, a rough patch came in, in the in the marriage, you know what I mean? Still a great father, but marriage wasn't a great husband. Wasn't trying to be. I was still a kid, still trying to figure out life, still trying to enjoy life, all while raising my two boys, right? And making sure they good, making sure they have everything they need. So it's still that grinding portion, building, a, building this guy to have character, morals, respect, you know what I'm saying? Building this guy that never learned this as a kid. So, in, in retrospect, you can't say, oh, well, he was taught this. No, I was taught to be respectful, but I was not taught to have an all-around compass on everything in life. You know what I mean? So, how can you be taught something when the, other, when the adult don't even know it? You know what I mean? When you really, really look at that, right? So, rough patch kicked in. Um, I lost one of my jobs, and money was an issue. And I thought I was getting a divorce, right? So I'm thinking, damn, man, the world's hitting. This is tough, man. I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know how to respond to this, you know what I mean? Because at the time, um, I gave up pretty much. I gave up a couple things. I gave up on my marriage. Game, I gave up on, you know, wanting to be this incredible dad. I just wanted to be a regular dude at the time, you know what I mean? But I went to church, and, and, and I and I got that back. I, I got 
the first part back was being an incredible dad again. That was the first thing I had to pray about and, and honestly ask God about. And then I wanted to be a husband again, but she didn't want me at the time. So, you know, I was like, all right, you know. They didn't even know the direction. I was sleeping on my mom's couch, ironing that, you know, just sleeping on the couch, not really understanding where I'm headed, what I'm doing, right? So one day, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to Monroeville Mall up in PA, right? As I go, I'm like, man, I don't want the Army. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to the Navy, shit. I go to the Navy. We test. They didn't do his plan. I was only a couple points off. So they was like, why don't you come back in a week or so? So uh, I start. uh, uh, I'm like, all right, cool. I'll be back in two weeks, right? So I came back in two weeks. And uh, he was like, oh, well, we're not taking anybody right now. I was like, oh, really? I mean, the dude just told me to come back. You know, I studied a little bit harder. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I'm pissed off because I'm like, man, this is my only plan. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the hell to do. I ain't never had a plan to join in the military, but I did. You know what I'm saying? So throughout that, I was like, man, confused, frustrated. A whole bunch of fucking feelings happened and popped up, right? But... Me being me, Gregory Shogun, never giving up, staying tough through everything, right? So I walk through the mall, pissed off, saying, fuck, fuck the Navy, man. I, I'm done with these motherfuckers. And uh, as I'm right to go up the escalators, the uh, Army dude overheard me. And he's saying, man, fuck the Army. I mean, fuck the Navy. I'm like, what? I thought, that's, that's your boys, y'all on the same team. He's like, no, nah, man, we the Army. He's like, well, but, but, but what's your problem? And I was like, you know, my problem is, is they lied to me and told me I could come back and test again. And if I pass, then we set. And they told me to come back in two weeks. He's like, you know what? Tomorrow, if you want to test, I'll take you to test. For real? He's like, just come here and sign these papers. Sign the papers, right? And meanwhile, you remember, I'm still on the verge of getting a divorce. You know, I'm still trying to find myself clarity a vision for myself, right? In the midst of not knowing. So I come back the next day, go, take the test, and I pass with a decent score, you know, high 80s or whatever. Nothing too immaculate, but, you know, high 80s. Excuse me. And uh, he's like, you ready? You ready to sign up now? I'm like, nah, 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 I'm not good. I'm not good yet. <laughs> it, was, it was a little scary because, you know, I didn't know what I really was getting myself into. Um, and, and my mom, one of the good things that she always taught me was, uh, if you start something, you need to finish it. So I was like, right, you know, I said, I'll get back to you. So about a week go by, they call me like every day. I was like, you know, I'm going to take a trip, uh, down to North Carolina, which I did. I took a trip down to North Carolina, wanted to see one of my closest guys that I played football with since I was five. Um, didn't know he joined the military. Somehow I found him on Facebook. And uh, any mom was like, yo, I'm coming to North Carolina for Bragg. He said, bro, come down here. Let's rap. Let's talk about the military, Army style, you know what I mean, whatever. So I go down there, boom, kicking with him for about a week. We just talking and getting it together and everything. Once I left there, I was my mind was so clear. I was like, this is what I need to do. I need to go back, sign everything, get situated. So, go visit my aunt because she lived in North Carolina. So, it was about a week and a half before I got back to PA. Started telling my ex-wife, I mean my wife at the time, but ex-wife now, that I'm going into the military. She's like, what? You know, she's tripping like, no, you ain't doing that. Dude, no. So, yes, I am. So, literally that next Monday I came in, signed up, and they said, uh, you're leaving in three months. So this was like October when I did it, and I was leaving uh, mid-February. So that's when the next recruiting class would come in for my um, MOS, which is your job, basically. So with all that process came uh, me learning how to grow up but still grind. And in that grind, I knew if I wasn't okay, then how could I take care of my kids and help them? to structure their lives out. It's impossible when you're dealing with a whole bunch of hurt and pain from your youth to you're an adult. 
And even as an adult, you're going through stuff with your spouse or your girlfriend or any type of relationship you're dealing with, right? So that's what happens, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. That's what I literally tell myself. I need to do this for me. And what I did. So, you know, uh, finally figured it out. Left in February, right? Didn't know what to expect. Another moment of growth um, and grinding and just to the point that I need to attack this like it was my last option, what I did. One in there, I sucked at running, I sucked at push-ups, sucked at sit-ups, you know, for the majority of the part because I wasn't used to doing it the way they wanted you to do it. The military has its own style, the military has its own regimen, routine, everything, the way you eat, the way you sleep, the way you do everything in life, you know what I mean? Like, when you really look at it. And if you're really wanting to join, I can tell you all about it, but This is not what this is about. This is about me turning 36 and what I have gathered from my years of experience. So I get through basic, get through AIT, get through that. Uh, Throughout that process, me and my wife, we uh, rekindled, you know, through letters and not being able to talk to each other because I didn't have a cell phone. And that's when I started to appreciate the little things in life, like TV, remote cell phones, just being able to be you know what I mean? And do what you want sometimes because that's not what you're doing there. It's you learning everything their way and it's their way only. Ain't no other way around it or besides it. You know what I mean? You just, you can't, you can't change it. That's the way that the military is ran. So we rekindled and we ended up getting back together. She actually came to Fort Campbell with me. Got a place, um, started off slow because we still had our place in Pittsburgh rented it out to my mom that was a whole nother situation when I you know I didn't say today but she was clean for 15 years and I commend her for that and then in this process she got back on drugs and a couple other things happened uh so to get back to we moved down here bought our house two years later uh two years later after that we got a divorce so we're no longer together you know what I mean and what I take away from that is we should have never been married at all. But what I do take away is that the growth of a person is the determination of how you're going to treat and sow into your kids' life. And that's what I've learned from that. Uh, I go visit my kids as often as I can and as much as possible as I can. Nobody can tell me that I don't or don't do enough. I do more than enough. And I know that, but it's not enough because I'm not there every day to uh, shadow their steps and to make sure they're doing the right thing. I just trust in them, and I talk to them as much as possible, and I go visit them as much as possible. And, you know, I'm very active in their lives, so I get them all the time, you know, summers, um, you know, holidays, stuff like that. So we'll we'll keep moving. So with that, you know, uh, it was now... I needed to learn how to become my own person. I was no longer married, no longer attached to a family dynamic, you know. So I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. I was I was found um, struggling, trying to regain a purpose perspective of everything and anything that crossed my path. You get what I'm saying? So it's really like learning over again. So by this time, I feel like I was only in, you know, one or two stages. I, I probably cra- cra- crossed about four stages of life, you know, from being a kid to an adult kid to uh, an adult with um, responsibilities. And now I'm responsibilities as an adult, but I'm on my own kind of. So, you know, I had to relearn everything, revamp my life regain perspective, purpose, uh, atone for things that I didn't know um, how I affected people or how people affected me. You know what I mean? So when you're looking at stuff, it's not always bad things. You know what I mean? You as a person cause bad things on yourself. But there's always time and there's and there's always another step. And there's always some more that you can give 
and that's how you grow daily. You know what I'm saying? That's how you become whole again. You learn, you live, and you struggle. And in them struggles, you overcome obstacles. And when you overcome them obstacles, you feel so much better about yourself. And that is what prepared me to become 36 today. Um, so we're, we're past that. I'm, I'm finally in my groove, right? I get out the military. Um, I'm divorced. I buy, I sell my, my house in Tennessee. I buy another house. I'm good. My kids are all fruitful. I have a little girl. And she is the most important value of this take to me being 36. Not only does she make me never want any more kids, but she has given me energy. She has given me a realization that there is a bigger picture, that she is the apple of my eye and will always be. And that's the only lady that I will jump head over heels for thick and thin to anything and everything. You get what I'm saying? If you have a girl, you understand what I'm talking about. So now, uh, turning 35, and things is good, man. I got a good bank account. Uh, I bought another house. Bought a new truck. You know, I don't tell a bunch of people this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm complacent. I'm I'm like, oh, man, life is good. I don't have no worries. I have no complaints. I have nothing. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Got a motorcycle. Was looking for um, a 4 by 4 four-wheeler. Looking for some toys. Just looking at, you know, at life. Then COVID hit. COVID came along and smacked us in the face and told us at my job, oh, yeah. You, uh, you got three months, then you got two months, then you got another three months if you don't get the shot. And, you know, but I choose not to. That's personal reasons. I'm going to get into that. But in this, and this is where it's becoming 36, in this, uh, I decided I'm going to take my talent somewhere else, man. I'm going to go into real estate, and I'm going to build for me. And this is where it really starts now, right? So... My birthday is uh, 01-30-1986. So on the 30th of January, 2022, right, uh, I just found out I lost one of my brothers um, through the motorcycle club uh, out in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, it hit me. It hit me hard. And once I understood exactly why it hit me, then I understood that uh, everything I've been feeling, because I wasn't 100%, 100% sure I was going to continue on this path. I was like, uh, maybe I'll just stay at my job because they keep pushing it back, keep pushing it back, the COVID stuff. But throughout my three-week celebration, um, I've been gaining more clarity. And it first started with, okay, I went to Minneapolis. I enjoyed Mall of America. I had a beautiful time, you know what I'm saying? Beautiful time. And then the following week, I went to Pittsburgh, spent it with my son. I I, I had arrangements for dinner with uh, some good people. I, I know my my god brother, one of my closest best friends. That's my family, my dog. And uh, some things came out of that conversation, which I'm about to share. So in this conversation, uh this is what happened, that there is one question that I would like you to ask yourself, and I want you to really think and ponder on this, is that through this question is that uh, what is the number one thing older people regret? And it all came back, and I'm talking about 60, 70 plus, right? They all regret it. They didn't do the one thing that they had a chance to, but didn't get around to doing. They were scared for whatever reason. They didn't have the faith. They didn't jump into it, right? So that was the number one regret. So that was my number one clarity of this. My second clarity is when my brother died. Kool-Aid. Rest, rest his soul. Rest in peace, my brother. Was you don't you never know your time. 
You never know when you're going to go. You, you don't know the time or date. You don't even understand how it really works. So why keep continuing down the same path and structure that is not giving you everything you needed out of life? Find your purpose. Get a dream. Find your vision and take off with it. That's how I feel about it. So that is like everything summed up in the last three weekends and just spending it with family I have um, built relationship with and just loving and, 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 and paying attention to other people and how they have become. And that has been the overall change of me turning 36. And I thank you for my first episode. I thank you for being a part of me and a part. God bless and peace. And I'm out. Hey, my good people. I just wanted to touch base with you again and really thank everybody that uh, listening to me becoming 36. And it was a pleasure speaking on me and what made me me which is crazy when you really think about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard for people to talk about themselves and so hard for people to really sit down and think, uh, how can I be an inspiration to people? How can I help people? How can I help people focus on different ways of becoming a better them? And that's all I really wanted to touch with. You know what I mean? Like, from this, uh, I'm going to do a 10 to uh, 15 segment on me becoming 36, but I want to take you through my timeline so you can get a little bit better grasp of who I am and why I do what I do, the things that I do, um, why I have changed over time from the learning experiences, the obstacles that I had to overcome, the things that I had to face in my own life, you know what I mean? So this is just giving you a part of me that a lot of people don't even understand why I am this way you know when you when you meet somebody their first impression is everything right you know the way they dress the way their shoes look the way they smile the way they have their hair cut and that's all I'm just I'm, I'm I'm taking all that off and I'm giving it to you raw open the open Gregory the open G nice the open too late you know what I mean I'm giving you every version of me that everybody can't see or don't want to focus on or don't have the option to see if that makes sense so i'm gonna go through my timeline and i hope that i can help somebody change somebody's mind um help people positively i'm moving in a positive direction and that's all i want to do you know what i mean so i'm gonna start when i was five so there was a vivid a vivid memory of me when i was five somehow i got a piece of paper uh, I put it on the stove and I lit the garbage can on fire. And my mom came over yelling at me, screaming at me, Greg, you're going to get burned. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And I just remember her whooping my ass and I didn't know why she was whooping my ass, right? So I'm thinking, dang, my wife's being so harsh. I don't even know what I'm doing. Because you got to think, a five-year-old, do they really understand everything that they're doing? I don't even think your mind is capable of understanding that. You get what I'm saying? So that was the first little picture that I can remember of me being me with my mother, which is a horrible situation from the beginning, right? So we go on. Uh, we move in with this family because my mom, she couldn't maintain the place that we was living in. It was uh, not not a good situation as well because we was in the hood. So there was just probably a lot of little different factors. But we moved in with this family and, uh, you know, the, uh, a married, married couple got four kids uh, and we thought it was going to be a better situation. Well, that's where it all started. That's where the, the the growth came from in football, basketball, and baseball, right? Because you're going to hear the positive side of that. But you're also going to see the, the negative sides and the, and the downfalls and the obstacles that I had to become, overcome to become this great person that I am today. I believe I am. But, you know, that's people's opinion, right? Of course it is. Of course it is. So... So, 
but right before we moved into this house, I remember that I I seen my dad and we was in the hood and this is one of my last memories of a guy that you're supposed to call your father, your backbone, the strength of your family, right? Was really never intertwined with us. Never even a, a person that came to my games or anything of that nature. This is the last moment that you'll ever hear of him. So it was probably, I'm going to say, maybe around my birthday. So I remember my the last moment being we were driving his car and he had his foot on the gas and I was I was on the wheel and I had my hands, you know how they teach you 10 and 2. So I had my hands just like that. And, and I remember and, and we was going fast and going slow and we enjoyed each other. And then I remember him talking about my my siblings that I had and later on down the line you'll 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 hear about them and understand who they are but we're just having fun and I and I remember going to like a Burger King or a McDonald's just enjoying time with him and then he was out of my life completely right so when you really look at that right that's the first messed up situation that I was involved with which people would say uh where I grew up uh, my environment and everything, that's that's normal. But why is it normal? Why does it have to be normal? It really doesn't have to be normal. You know what I mean? People should want to expect to grow up with their mother and their father, some grandparents attached to that, you know, some siblings if, if they happen to have that. But all in all, that's not normal. But in my life and where I grew up, that's normalcy. So not only did that situation start to bother me, and really put anger in me and I started to play football right that was like my first big sport I quit a bunch of times because I really didn't like to run I really didn't like to 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 do stuff really because then again I was five I was really learning myself I didn't even know how to feel about anything that was going on the pressures the the enjoyments of life right because you're five years old your thoughts is your thoughts is being processed like at a million miles per hour speed levels right because things that's happening day in and day out you don't even know about like my mom's drug addiction right throughout throughout this timeline you'll see how it took a toll on me as well so my mom you know she she doing little sly stuff here and there we moved in with this couple and all I have is uh, football, basketball, baseball. And I'm grinding at both. All, all three, really. All three. But, you know, I'm not a team player yet. I'm not really knowing how to dribble down the court, shoot a hoop. I really don't know how to throw a baseball like that. So I really wasn't really good at much at this point in time. I was just literally out there practicing. Not, not in a good headspace, right? Just I'm living with these people. I see stuff going on in the background, a whole bunch of alcohol, a whole bunch of drugs, a whole bunch of nonsense that you don't go in through your life and experience this, you know what I mean? And later on, you'll know why. So I'm going through this stuff and, and, and a year go past and things are starting to pick up because I'm getting better. I'm starting to score touchdowns. I'm starting to tackle better. I'm starting to throw the ball well at third base to the pitcher. I'm starting to uh, dribble up and down the court like Iverson, like Michael Jordan, scoring 12 to 15 points. I'm starting to do what I have learned to do. Now, if you catch my drift, the learning part, right? So my environment was teaching me at that point in time that I should be an addict. I should jump straight into drinking alcohol. At this age, I'm only five, six, seven years old. That's all I'm really seeing, partying going on, people coming in and out of the house. And this is all the kids. And we're just and we're just passing through time, passing through time, left and right, right and left, right? So this goes on for about a two-year period. My mom's a full-blown addict. So are them. They're a full-blown addict. They're doing whatever, trying to get, trying to figure it out just like we are, but why, do, why the hell do I have to figure it out? I'm not a grown-up. I'm not the person that made these people. They made us, right? So you figure that 
in the, in the midst of all this that was going on, right? Things things are no. Why do I have to figure out to make sure they're okay or not going to pass out or not dead? You know, checking their vitals, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not what a kid's supposed to do. A kid's just supposed to go to school, uh, wait for the weekends, enjoy the weekends, go play their games on the weekends. You know what I mean? Just, just go live, have, have play dates, stuff like that. But that's not the enjoyment of my life. My life is harsh. My life is vivid. My life comes with ups and downs and obstacles and all, all in between. So. About two years, my mom, she ended up uh, getting into a situation that basically put us in a bad predicament with the people that we live with. She ended up sleeping with her best friend's husband. And that, you know, kind of started us some shit. So my mom being my mom, she's like, you know, I don't need people. I don't need this. I don't need that from anybody. I'll make it. Me and my son will be all right. So we we up and moved out and we thinking it was gonna be better. I'm about seven years old and uh, things didn't turn out better. Things probably got worse, you know what I mean? Because things was just up in the air. Shit, she was always working. I never had a mom to be a mother. I never had a person there to guide. I had an addict full of uh, emotions, full of motherfuckers running in and out my house like they was my uncles. No, you're not my uncles. You know what I mean? I know who my family is. But you got to remember, my uncles was dealing drugs. They was pushing weight. They was doing this. So this path was already laid out in front of me. The way things was going to be. Out of my control. You know, eventually, I had to become either an addict or a drug dealer. That's what, that's what everything that taught me from my environment and the structure of my environment, that's what I was supposed to do. There was no turning point. There was, it was all laid out and Greg, you go get it. Get it how you live it type situation, right? Nah, but I didn't have that in store for me. So I only kept pushing in my sports, man. Football, getting uh, MVP, baseball, making the um, MVP, all-star games, uh, basketball, I'm at the YMCA and in the hood dropping like 40 to 50 some points a game, uh, doing what I do best, having awards, having little um, little knickknacks around me and stuff. And that's what made me feel better. All in the midst, I didn't know it was teaching me how to play with a team, being a team player. All in the midst, it was changing my environment. All in the midst of all this as well, it was learning how to get, it's learning how to be able to work with other people these is all life skills that they teach you later on in life you know what i'm saying so everything that i grasped from football basketball and baseball it was taught to me well because all i wanted to do was win that was my striving point that was the point where i needed to go and keep going you get what i'm saying so but you keep going on my mom uh, jumping in and out of relationships that's a, that's a key focus here because it it taught me throughout life that you don't need to just be with one person you shouldn't want to be with one person when somebody make you upset or, or mad or angry just kick them to the curb you can always find another person but I know that was a, a lot more than just that I know it was more so her addiction you get what I'm saying and things that she had no control over because her mind was so messed up from all the drugs she had done, all the alcohol she abused, all the sleeping around, the relationships that she she had been through and put through herself, struggling to know her identity. But these are all the things I grasp now. But you remember, I'm only seven years old. How can I understand this as a as a young kid? I'm supposed to be a kid, but that's not how my environment was set up. How about I was that kid that had to make sure I ate because my mom was at home. She was working. So that's all she did was clothe me, put a roof over my head. And, and most would say, oh, that's great. Most would say, that's how it should have been. No. Why do, why do we have to 
go through stuff like that. Life is not supposed to be like that for everybody and everything. There is a structured way of life when you have a baby. But no, I got the shitty end of this. Now, I thank God that I went through these things because it made me the parent I am and the person I am today. But why? Why did I have to face the facts of this harsh reality? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even understand and grasp anything that was going on in life at that point. All I knew is I needed to play harder. I needed to focus a little harder in school. And I need to make sure these walls is up because I'm going through so much bullshit at the house. So now I'm about eight and things is still the same way. And my mom's out there partying a lot. You know, she might got my aunt coming to watch me here and there. Try to put a little bit more structure around me. But... I'm this grown-ass eight-year-old that's doing whatever he wants because I'm alone most of my time. And what does eight-year-olds do? They break windows, they bust this, they do stuff that they ain't supposed to do, right? So that's what I'm doing. I'm just misbehaving because I never had anybody I felt cared about me. A person could tell you they love you all day long and it's unconditional love and you helped me be there and, and you helped me go through this and you helped change my life. But if you really never felt it and you really never sat down to understand that the care level is there, then what do you have? You have nothing. You have a bunch of words being talked to you. And that's how I felt. So eight years old, I'm, I'm striving in sports. I mean, that was the only thing that kept me grounded. That's what kept me focused, kept me moving kept me building right you know what I mean because like I said I'm winning championships I'm invited to most of the all-star games I'm doing um I'm doing great in all my sports I'm swimming I'm doing great and when I really think back how strong my mind was and how focused I was it was all because I was destined to not be set with my environment way my environment had shaped and changed me right but my behaviors only started to get worse from there and what I mean by that is I was throwing tantrums that I didn't even really understand I was telling my mom no that she can't control me I was probably cussing a little bit at her because I was mimicking everything she did everything that she was I was doing it you get what I'm saying and not only that, but my uncles were showing me another way of life. The drug game, the 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 parts that nobody really thinks about, the fiends coming in and out. You know what I mean? But I had my grand there a little to help raise me, pull me back in to a decent place where I could gather my thoughts, gather everything that was happening. But no, on my mom's hand, she was pushing me towards... Being this person of responsibility and making sure everything that a kid is supposed to do, I was not a part of. How? Why would you say that, Greg? Well, it was true. What kid you know should be taking the bus to and from his baseball games or to and from practices? What kid you know should be cooking his own dinner in the microwave three to four times a week? What kid you know always had to clean up, always had to make sure this was clean, always had to make sure that was clean, like it was his own house? So to me, it was more so I was the parent and I was the structured person and my mom just did all the kiddish shit. That's literally how I took it. But along came that, right? This is where my mind started to switch and tell me this shit that I was going through was not normal. So as I was going to them practices, there would be other people's families in the stands praising them for hitting home runs, for getting a play, making a play, catching a ball, doing stuff of that nature. And you would think that 
No, that's not normal. Why are all these people clapping? Why is all these people giving uh, surprise this and surprise that for and, and encouragement this and encouragement that? And when you really think about it, it's because that's what's supposed to happen. You do something good, you should receive some type of praise. You should receive some type of, uh, not gift, but acknowledgement of understanding that you have did something to make us proud, son. You have did something to make our family name proud. And that's where I started to really grasp and and understand that the shit I was going through was not normal. It was not set. It was not a path that I always wanted to be on. And this is how this is going to end today. But with me saying this is just if you're going through this situation or have gone through this situation, talk about it. Open up your mouth. Speak about it. Please open up. Don't keep your mouth shut because the anger, I know is still there. The hurt, the pain, the sacrifices that you had to do when you was a kid, it wasn't right. There was supposed to be people involved that like unconditionally cared and loved you enough to help you, to guide you, to strengthen you, no matter what was going on. Not to hinder you, not to put you down, or not to just say fuck you. Because that's literally how I took it. And anybody could say anything they want, but y'all didn't live my life. So I want you to really grasp what I'm saying is change in things in life that help you change no matter what situation, whether the change is good or bad. So remember that your environment, the way you grew up, your circumstances is not always the end. Peace, love and God. Thank you.